What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with Kevin and Larry. That's right. Uh, missing Will uh, this evening. I, I believe he's uh, uh, tied up with some business and things of that nature. So, you know, you know how it is. You got to make that money. And um, speaking of making that money, if you guys haven't subscribed to the Four Man Rush podcast on our you know, many platforms, whether it be Podbean or, you know, uh, 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 Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, all that good stuff, um, Google Podcasts, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, we appreciate you guys. So, um, we're going to talk briefly about the Detroit game. Um, that big fat ego we gave Detroit. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, just a quick brief uh, you know, you know, once over. And then we'll talk about the uh, upcoming Minnesota game and heading on out to uh, Minnesota uh, to their new stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and be our first time um, seeing Minnesota on that field. Uh, I believe all time, I think we're like three and six or something like that against Minnesota. So, you know, this is, uh, we'll see. We'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. Possible CMC news. We'll talk about that, too. And, um, yeah, we'll talk about some Panther football. So, uh, hold on to your hats, folks. It's on the scene. Dig it. Let's get it, fellas. Uh, Larry, we'll start with you, man. Uh, what would you think about the Detroit game? Well, <clears throat> I'll start by saying it's the first time I've seen a shutout in a few years. That was very exciting to watch. I've seen a dominant performance on all three levels. Secondary played well. And I think it's a, a pretty bright surprise to see your whole front seven play pretty well all game long. You know, it's in the league that we're in today where it's geared around scoring points and passing the football, for you to pitch a shutout, that's an accomplishment no matter where you're at in the standings. People see that zero on the other side of the scoreboard. That's something that the team should be really, really proud of. So I, I, I definitely want to start being able to see that. It's like every week it's something to improve on. Every week somebody messing up. So just to see a complete game from all 11 guys plus the reserves that come in, I was really pleased with that. Now I'll pass it off to Kevin and just feed off of what he's got to say. Kev, what you think about the Detroit game, bud? Yeah, as far as um, as far as it goes for me, um, what I think about the game, I just see one of them, the the first dominant defensive performance we had since the year of the dab in 2015. Last shutout for the Carolina Panthers was November 2015 when we dropped uh, 38 nothing on the Atlanta Falcons. So that was um, yeah. So it's been a long time coming. Only the second shutout of this season. Everybody knows that the rules have been geared towards offensive production. So, you know, for regardless of what team it is, you get a shutout in 2020 in the NFL, that's something that should be commended, not watered down because of who the opponent is. You know what I'm saying? That's the first time Detroit been shut out since Stafford's rookie year in 2009. 
So, yeah, so I had to dig deep for all, for all this shutout information. But overall, I was just pleased that, you know, this team just, you know, overcame injuries, uh, started the game with two starters on offense line missing, um, Okun and um, Miller at right guard. And then shortly after the first, I think in the first quarter, I think Dennis Daly, who was filling in for uh, Miller, went out um, as well with the concussion which brought back Schofield, uh, who hasn't played since week two um, of the season, since that week two loss at Tampa Bay. So, you know, got in there, didn't miss a beat. Uh, it says one sack for zero yards. Uh, how that come across, I don't know. But, you know, hey, I'll take it, um, you know, as far as like from protection-wise. Run game had its moments, uh, particularly up the middle. I was very pleased with the run blocking um, aspect, particularly from embattled um, center, you know, Matt Paradis. You know, I was pretty much watching him live. And when I got the access to the All-22 yesterday, I, I was definitely looking at his performance. And, you know, Larry, you know, we, you know, we all about them trenches, man. And um, that was one of the better consistent games I've seen from Paradis. Uh, from front of back, and he had no light work in front of him. You know, big Danny Shelton is not no little boy who who's definitely a playmaker, and you know he he had his ways with him. Now he lost a couple of rounds to him too. Now, but far as consistent from first to fourth quarter, uh, Matt Paradis was definitely putting in that work. So, you know, just for me, I just enjoyed seeing you know how the the trenches on both sides affected the game. You know, we kept PJ Walker clean. Allow him to do his thing, 24 out of 34, 70%. And uh, defensive line finally woke the hell up, sack party, <laughs> five quarterback sacks, uh, 11 quarterback hits, mm-hmm. I believe seven quarterback pressures on 33 drop backs. So nearly about every time Stafford dropped back, you know, we was humming and coming for him. So um, overall, I, I was just I was just glad to see um, the trenches – dictate the game on both sides and that's what led to the results that we had particularly what i've noticed about our defensive front is they ended a whole lot see i don't know if people know about the, about the detroit lions but they have really one dominant player on the offensive line that's frank ragdown now he's the center so what he has to do is get out of get out all the calls to the other four linemen that are, that are blocking with him what i noticed phil snow do is he specifically schemed around that a lot of the things that were happening were stunts on the edge, stunts off guard. And what you notice is, like, I, there was one particular play where Jeremy Chen blitzed. Shaq showed blitz, but he backed off in the coverage. And then Jeremy, Jeremy Chen blitzes. It makes the, tef, the left tackle key in on him. So that one false step that the left tackle took to try to try to key on Chen, Brian Burns with a speed rush right to the quarterback, sack. So it's like, <laughs> schematically, I was really impressed with what Phil Snow did because I guess I guess it takes time to try to get try to get a little bit fancy with your blitz packages and stuff because it was a lot of vanilla stuff that was going on in the beginning of the year. But what I saw yesterday was plenty, plenty blitz packages that they just couldn't. It wasn't that our men were better than them up front. It's just you saw a lot of bad communication. And from our perspective, we've seen a lot of that with us all year long. You know, blitzes up the A-gap, unblocked. Confusing them on the offensive line. It just felt good to enforce that on somebody else. Like <laughs> if you watch the right. if you watch the Detroit Lions offensive line all game long, they just looked confused. Even coming out of halftime, they didn't make the right adjustments. Everything was just confusing on that part and just allowed us to run free. 
Yeah, we took advantage of it. Definitely. That was that was Phil Snow, man. Like, people make fun of him because our defense is so at the bottom of the barrel, but I see progression from not just the players every week. I'm seeing progression from the coaching staff as well. So I just got to commend him on that. Yeah, it was definitely good to see us taking advantage of that tackle in loop stunt that we've been getting beat on. It was good to see us come through, you know, Gross Meadows with his uh, sack. That's what he came in on, started on the outside and looped around between a guard and a center and, you know, was able to get in and um, uh, to get on his sack. So, yeah, man, it, it, it was just good to see us, you know, eat the big piece of chicken per se, you know what I'm saying, defensive line-wise. Like, it felt good, like, okay, you know, this yeah, this is what y'all can do. And I, I just like to see how they how they build off this performance, you know, moving forward. Right on. Speaking of which, we're gonna have a damn good opponent to do it with. Minnesota I mean, Minnesota folks, you I mean say what you want. Yeah, they lost to Dallas. And Dallas Dallas has has had a boo boo season. But if you look at the stats, now I'll I'll pull up the stats here in a second. If you guys look at the stats, Cousins got off. Cook got off. Thielen got off. Don't don't, don't trip, folks. <laughs> We're gonna have a hands full with this with this squad. No, that's that's for damn sure. Heading to Minnesota, uh, one o'clock game, and uh, shit. Well, we'll we'll talk about what we need to do to win this game, folks. Um, let's let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, um, we'll talk about the trenches first. Uh, Larry, what 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 do we need? What does Minnesota have that we need to worry about? from an offensive line standpoint? Uh, Garrett Bradbury, I uh, believe the 19th overall pick, 2019 draft. He was definitely at the top of our board. If he was going to be there, we would definitely go and try to take him if we couldn't get the guys that we took. But mm. he's uh, he gives you a lot of a lot of Ryan Khalil vibes. He's not the, the biggest guy in the world, but he's very, very agile. Ran a 4'8", 40-yard dash, and he's shooting almost 300 pounds. So it's like... What he does well is he doesn't beat you with strength. What Derrick Brown is going to have to understand is that this guy is going to come at him with the right angle, and he's going to be fundamentally sound. So Derrick Brown has to build off his performance that he's been doing all year. You just watch growth from him fundamentally. Uh, last week you saw him use the club rip move to get a quarterback hit. He's going to have to bring his, his best pass rush moves, and he's going to have to be fundamentally sound if he wants to set the tone on the defensive line against Garrett Bradbury. Um, I also want to touch on something. I know people will probably look at the Vikings record and be like, well, this team is just like us. You know, they, they're a pretty bad football team. But at the end of the day, this is going to be the most talent, one of the most talented rosters we faced all year long. A lot of their struggles, they, they started off real slow. I believe they started off at 0-4, 0-5. But they had a lot of obstacles to overcome just like we did. For one, they're starting two rookie corners. Um mm. One guy that was hot on our board was, was Danzler. He's their starting rookie corner on the other one, or on one side. And I believe the other guy's name is Jeff Gladney. He's the other rookie corner. But they got two rookie corners out there, you know, just taking their lumps, kind of like how our guys are doing. So they had a pretty slow start. And that's tough because if you look at it league-wide, almost all the defenses had slow starts. And the Vikings are a team built around their defense. So that has a lot to do with why they started off slow. But as it comes together – when we step out there on Sunday, we're looking at one of the most talented rosters, top to bottom, offense and defense. So we got to bring our A game. Hmm. Hmm. Kevin, trench warfare. How are we going to get over this, man? You, can, I guess 
you wouldn't come from an offensive standpoint, a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, I can speak on either or, but uh, you know, since uh, Larry was just talking about the uh, offensive weaponry for the um, for the Vikings, so I have to talk about them um, defensively. Like, you know, what we're going to have to face up front is going to be one of the more solid defenses on all three levels um, that we um, that we're going to come across here. Um, you know, they play a lot of guys in rotation um, here. Uh, we'll see a familiar face um, from Matt Rule. I think his name was uh, James Lynch. I think it was Lynch, the Big 12 Defensive uh, Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, Larry. I think that was his name. Correct. Lynch from the Baylor, the D-line the D that can play tackling in. Shit. Yeah, but uh, I think he's um, he's on the team. Um, for the uh, for the Vikings, so uh, that you know, is that that six? Is it like six, seven, six, eight, something crazy, crazy measurements? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Bravion Roy, they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were the linchpin for that Baylor defensive line. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, I, this is a guy I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, it's definitely someone um, uh, to be a cause for concern. But you know, primarily when I think about the Vikings, I look at their linebackers mm-hmm. and I look at their secondary. Uh, one of the most versatile safeties, Harrison Smith. Uh, you know, someone that come to mind. Um, uh, Anthony Harris on the other side. They got two solid safeties. Yep, definitely. Um, also, they got a uh, um, Kendricks as well. So you know, they got some players that you know if we if we not ready. They gonna um, they gonna take advantage of it. Best believe that. Like uh, they started off one and five. Um, here and then they just basically ran through everybody in their division to get themselves back in, back into the race before taking that L Sunday to Dallas at home. So, you know, I, I just think that you know for the Panthers, depending on you know how healthy is a cone going to play, likely not. You know, I think he doesn't cash it in. So yeah. it's going to be another week for you know Trent Scott, you know, to get his uh, reps at left tackle, which he played all reps. Um, this past week um, against the Lions, uh, I think he only gave up like one hurry, um, no sack. So that was good on his part. That was good to see uh, see that from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just think that um, offensively, we we got to run the ball on these boys. Uh, you know, you know, in spite of what we was talking about with the talent, you know, they are uh, successful against the run. You know, they gave up um, 180 yards rushing. Uh, to the Cowboys, I think Zeke had about 120 and Pollard had about 60. So yeah, we can uh, we can come off the ball and and and, and take take it to them consistently. The opportunity is going to be there um, for uh, whoever's only running the ball back there. We'll talk about that in a moment, like you said, Tim. But um, yeah, I, I just see us, you know, using a run to set the tone, dominate time of possession. You know, have Kirk Cousins with this offense sitting on the sidelines. Uh, with Dalvin Cook um, here, but yeah, I, I just think running the running the ball is going should be uh, something that we definitely uh, do because, as we know, this is the this is the return home, this is the homecoming game for Teddy Bridgewater. So I, I don't think there's a demon in hell that's going to keep him from not trying to play in this game, right? <laughs> yeah, you also got to keep an eye out on the free agent acquisition from uh, Jacksonville. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it's Odenigo, Odenibo, or something like that. But he's one of the premier edge rushers in the league. So Taylor Moten and Trent Scott will have their hands full on Sunday, definitely. 
Hold up. Didn't he get traded to Baltimore? Like, didn't he go from Jacksonville to the Vikings and then went to Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken? I'm pretty sure he's on the on the, on the Vikings staff. Yeah, okay. He's on their current roster. That's what I can tell you. That's what I got pulled up right here. Unless it's not updated. Yeah, he's, he's on a number 95. Yeah. Oh, a CD Oden Nebo. Yep. He had a yeah. he had a was it a half a half sack or yeah he had a, a, a tackle assist against Dallas. Yeah, he's got two and a half sacks in a year, so a year, yeah. he's no he's no slouch. Nah. No, no, no. This ain't him because I'm looking up his stats. He was um he was with Arizona, become the Minnesota last year. So um no, nah, he's not that guy. About the same guy. Uh, I, I know the one you're talking about. It starts with an O as well, but it's not the same dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good for us. <laughs> uh, right, that part. <laughs> Man, so um, let's talk about Minnesota secondary. I mean, I know they have they have a pretty good crew uh, crew at safety and things of that nature. If Teddy's going to be playing, um, are, are we going to be able to you know take advantage of you know getting Robbie? on the nine route or getting DJ, you know, catching the ball in the middle of the field, getting some yaks. Is that going to be a thing? Uh, two rookie corners to pick on. They're definitely talented. Jeff Gladney and, and, uh, and Danzler, they're talented guys, but getting their rookies, so they're still learning just like our rookies are learning. Mm. So there's going to be areas of opportunity to take advantage of. So definitely, I definitely looked to, to attack the outside. You know, maybe coming over the middle might not be – the best choice of action when you got two premier safeties out there, but if you can take, if you can, if you can attack those two corners, it might be a big day for Teddy. Mm. Mm. And go ahead, Kev. Yeah, and um, another thing about the Vikings defense, they uh, you know, they stinges, uh, they stinges hell on third down. You know, the Vikings, um, they're third, um, and with the uh, thirty. 35% third down completion conversion percentage, which is fourth best in the league. So, you know, we definitely got to make sure that we stay ahead of the sticks on first and second down and not try to get into, you know, many, you know, third and long, you know, hell, even third and medium, you know, situations here. Like I said, I I would love for us to – this will be a good game to use the run and, and use play action pass and to, uh, to take advantage of this defense because that's, that's pretty much what Dallas was able to do to throw up 31 on them boys, just, mm. you know, just overlooking it here. They, you know, they fed Zeke and uh, that uh, that allowed them to uh, be in position. So, you know, hey, this is a copycat league until you show that you can stop it. Uh, definitely because, you know, we got to keep Dalvin Cook ass on the sideline. I mean, he's on him and Derrick Henry on, uh, you know, chasing after this rushing title. Bro. You know, Cook already has 13 rushing touchdowns already. <laughs> you know, he got a thousand sixty nine yards. So we need for him, you know, saying to have several seats on that on that sideline. And, you know, definitely time of possession is definitely the way uh, definitely um, the, the way that we, we should attack this uh, attack, this team, you know, and, and um, you know, they're good. But, you know, they're beatable. Cause like I said, they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I know Larry said they came over a lot of obstacles, but you are what your record says. And that, you know, just a few weeks ago, they was at one and five. So, you know, I know we was just at three and seven. So, you know, it's not like we're coming in a position to where we're expected to dominate. But what I'm saying is another chance, opportunity to win. I see this as a as a, a, a winnable game um, for us. 
Definitely a winnable game, and technically, neither team is out of the playoff picture. So you got to fight hard till you're mathematically out of it. <laughs> so I think they're going to give a, they're going to put their best foot forward regardless. We got to do the same exact thing. Um, another weapon we ain't even talked about yet is Justin Jefferson. I know he's a rookie. Since you want to talk about touchdowns, he got 11 of them things already. So, mm. and you know how our corner situation is looking. So we definitely got to get. I don't think I don't think it's going to come down to us finding the corner that can contain him. We just got to get to Cousins because when Cousins is rattled, he's a below average quarterback. So we can find a way to get to him, like how we just got to uh to Matthew Stafford. It should be a very winnable football game for us. And for Larry, ain't this a house divided game for you? Ain't your pops a uh, all out Vikings fan? Like, so what kind of bets y'all got going on, man? Well, I just told him to listen into the podcast this week because we'll be talking about the purple, the purple oatmeal eaters. So, (laughs) (laughs) purple oatmeal eaters, we got we got to go 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 put a beating on them. So yeah, it's definitely a lot of trash talk this week, almost daily. I get text messages five six o'clock in the morning talking about these Vikings. So. I'm pretty much ready. It's, it's two games that I, don't, I, I hate. You know, I hate the Falcons. Everybody know how I feel about them. But I think second in line is them Vikings. I know they're not a, a division rival, but they're a league rival for me because my dad is a diehard Vikings fan. I've been I had to live with the Vikings since I was two years old. I had to watch Vikings football when they were mm-hmm. bad all through the early 90s. And when Randy Moss and Chris Carter came into their own, that's yeah. when they were exciting to watch. They choked away. You know, they're, they're like the choke team of the league, you know, because I think they got four Super Bowl appearances, no wings. Yep. They had an opportunity to go ahead and get to the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Saints when they, when they were the favorites. They lost to the Falcons in the NFC Championship when they were the favorites. So, mm-hmm. K's up on the Vikings. We're going to kill them Vikings this week, man. And another thing, one of my favorite all-time throwbacks is uh, – uh, is with the Vikings, you know, when Steve Smith did when they had the boat incident and he <laughs> scored a touchdown and he got on like he was rowing the boat when uh, they had yeah. the scandal on the boat on the um <laughs> on the boat, man, bro. Every time I think about the Vikings, I think about uh uh Steve Smith that game and uh, who was that quarterback? Was it Fred Smoot that was talking all that noise before the game and, and the Smitty had the yeah, I think Smitty retired him <laughs> shortly after that. Bro, he be doing it, man. Man, I was just like, yeah. So every time we think about the Vikings, I always think about uh, Steve Smith scored a touchdown. And he had like he was in the boat, man. That was too funny. <laughs> that dude, boy. But yeah, we owe these boys because we, 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 I can't think of the last time we won in Minnesota because I remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Teddy beat us his sure rookie year, if I'm not mistaken? Because yeah, I remember once. They, they came to Charlotte and beat us one time too. To be honest with you, because I had to hear his mouth for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think we went up there back to back years. What was that time? We that was 2014 when we had the two block punts. They blocked two punts for touchdowns on us. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And then we was playing outside when they was uh, before they had that stadium built, and it was like at the universe, and it was like frigid. Like man, it's yeah, man. We we long overdue for a. Uh, uh, a win up there, so uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, we got to have this one because this will get us back to what if we can get this win, this will get us back to five and seven. And like you said, we still not math mathematically um not eliminated enough. here. So yeah. hey, um, we got to get it. Growth, it's a beautiful thing, folks. Growth. Now I was at the I don't know if were you at that game too, Kevin? Um, 
Minnesota came down and uh, Cam broke that long run at the end of the game. Yeah, in 2017. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's when he juked out. Um, what what's that safety? safety? I don't think he had safety. It, ain't, it wasn't Harrison Smith, but uh, yeah, Cam put that left foot down and then went to the right and then <sighs> just boom, Man, that it took off. Oh. Huh. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, you went out on his lair. But yeah, what, what was his name again? Ah, uh, man, I can't. I can't it started remember. with a B. It was a, f- it was a f- um, funny name. I can't think of it. Damn. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's all right. But yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, yeah. Cam broke that that bad boy for like what, like seventy something yards. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Twenty seventeen. Yo, that was the game where um. Burson caught and got flipped. Oh, bro. <laughs> Cam, Cam throwing it high again. Boy. But hey, Burson. Peace out to Burson, man. That dude got hit. Sunshine. I don't care what anybody, anybody say. The man can catch the football. Oh, yeah. I don't Definitely. care what anybody say. Come here, but anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, we owe Minnesota, bro. We owe them. We owe them heavy. We owe them heavy. Yeah, right. And we're going to get that payback because we're going to get that payback. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, I think look like we lost Larry here. I hope he can yeah, jump back yeah. on. But um, but yeah, folks. Um, yeah, but Sunday one p.m. Is that right, Kev? Yep, Sunday at one p.m. And um, word. you know, we got word right before coming on that uh, somebody might be practicing this week. And uh, who is that? Who? who? I, I can't remember, I can't remember who that was, Kevin. Who was that? Ah, uh, uh, one is that thing they call him Marshall Chalk. Um, mm, Marshall Chalk. Let's see. Uh, dang. So, so, they sound like that old hip hop group from the eighties. Run. Um. Not, not not GMG. What run? Charlie, Mike, Charlie, run CMC. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that run CMC guy. Might have heard of him. So what's what's the news, Kev? Is he is he practicing? And what, what's going on? Well, according to um, uh, the report that was um, that I saw on Twitter right before uh, coming on here, it says that Christian McCaffrey is uh, expected to uh, practice this week. Um, so that would, um, now of course you got to go a long way to, you know, get cleared. So let's, you know, let's not get, but so excited, but, um, yeah, if we can, um, yeah, if we can get him back along with, uh, along with Bridgewater and yeah, cause we're going to need all hands on deck. Cause like I said, we got to dominate the time of possession on, on, on this one. We got to, we gotta, we gotta make cousins feel like that he got to win it with his arm. You know what I'm saying? So that's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. If we make Cousins try to win it with his arm, he going to throw us a few picks. That's right. That's right. We got sticky fingers in that second day. Well, them young boys can catch that rock now. Watch out. Watch out. Hang on. I'm, I'm just mad a man with three fingers got more interceptions than, than our um, secondary right now. John Pierre Paul had another interception last night. I'm like, this dude. <laughs> 
He doesn't have all his fingers. How the fuck is he catching all these footballs? Man, he got two interceptions. I mean, that's – well, I man. think he got three, but don't nobody else – in our secondary got – I think Chin got one. I don't think Trey got none. Burris don't have none. No, uh, got one. Sue two. Butler don't have none. Uh – well, no, Troy Pride ain't got none. Corn ain't got none. Like, <laughs> how how three card Monty getting the damn intercessions, but our damn defensive. Backs. I mean, dang, bro. <laughs> that's why that's why Dante Jackson is so valuable to me, man. If anything, you know he's a ball hawk, so I hope he getting the treatment that he needs because we miss him. What's up? Okay, you I mean you can't you can't discount his sticky fingers, man. That ball comes his way, he's gonna get his hands on it. That's a pick. But shout out to the defense former had like was any point during the game did y'all ever feel like, man, we missing Dante out here today? Like, did that ever even cross your mind, to be honest? Cause I'm sitting up here thinking like I I know he didn't play, but it's like I couldn't remember at one point watching the game where I was thinking like, man, Miss Dante, you know, man, that that, that D line was. I mean, and, and you know what? You gotta give him, gotta give him credit too, because they were covering some of those sacks were coverage sacks. Oh yeah, that definitely. Happened. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like, oh shit, who's where's Dante? I, I mean, I didn't feel that way, but when he's healthy and he, and he plays with good technique, he's he's. He's a hell of a player, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> no offense, Dante. <laughs> we didn't miss you on Sunday, homie. I, get get better. Get better. Get well. Take care of that. Take care of that toe, man. And I like to think that that was one. I think that was the best safety performance by both safeties that we had all season man. by both Burris and um Trey. Um, yeah. So what's up? Whatever they did the last week in practice, keep doing it. You know, it's, it's only weird if it don't work, folks. Amen. Amen. Yeah, keep keep it up, fellas. Keep it up. Real talk. Man, it's week twelve already, folks. Man, this season's just flying by. Just flying by. Wow. Coming up. Here we go. Here we go. Can we get another W? Any score predictions? You have a score prediction, Larry? Yeah, I think it's going to be high scoring, 31-27, Carolina. Oh, 31-27, cats. Kev, what you think, man? I think this defense, that game had woken up our defense. I'm going to keep it tight to the chest here. I'm going to say 27 Vikings 17. Ooh, clamping it down. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, my, my prediction goes just off of more so the scores that the Vikings have been putting up this year. Mm. They've had a lot of high-scoring games. I guess the way the tone gets set, you know, it's just like it's always back and forth. But I still got us, I still got us getting the edge. 31-27, man. That's it. Mm. Well, one thing I've noticed about our team historically, I mean, I know we're on the Matt Rule. It's like once we had a slow start getting set, it's just like we get on. Once we had that breakout, it just starts an avalanche. Like they just start coming in droves. So, uh, you know, Larry, let me ask you this: outside of um, outside of um, the center, Salz, uh, Salzburg, who who else on the offensive line should um, 
do they have that, that we um, should be, I guess, concerned about from a defensive line perspective? Because I couldn't think of nobody when I looked at that line and that really had me like, uh, you know, I mean, I think good, but I don't I don't I don't see no one that's that can't get that work. They don't blow you out of the water. They just got a lot of solid, solid, solid vets like uh, Riley Rife. I don't know if y'all know him, but he's played on both sides, both sides of the, the line. He's just a solid vet, you know. And um, he's from Iowa, right? Wasn't that the one from Iowa? Correct. And then okay. you got a uh, Dakota Do- Dakota Do- Dozier. Nobody to blow. They don't got no Pro Bowlers, man. That's what you're asking. You know, they definitely right. the leader of that unit is definitely Garrett Bradbury. And that's saying a lot because this is his second season, but he's still playing good football right now. Hmm. And we can't leave out the savvy vet. You know, they still got old Kyle Rudolph. Definitely. Definitely. He'll he'll definitely eat you up if you get past them linebackers. So, but you know, we didn't even talk about, uh, that's just, that's, I, I know, I know somebody would be killing us right now. If we didn't talk about this guy. But I'm going to go ahead and shout out J.D. and let him know that we realized uh, Jermaine Carter had a pretty good game. <laughs> Jermaine Carter's been pretty solid. Definitely an upgrade from what Whitehead has given us. I'm just uh, saying. This year. So, just saying. Played sideline to sideline. He was solid in coverage. You know, we call him Mr. Special Teams the past couple seasons. You know <laughs> so, right. To see that type of growth, I, that's just, like I said, more confidence in the coaching staff. You're seeing growth. All over the place, so I can't even complain, man. Yeah. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I remember when um, when training camp was going on, um, Rule thought highly of Carter, and you know we you know we had jokes. He was like, "What's the special teams?" Because you know he was talking about he wanted to be his goal is to be voted on the Pro Bowl. We like, bro, Luke Keekley just vacated his spot. If you ain't got the type of much, I like, hey, that spot mine. You know that's you know that's you know that's along the lines we was thinking, but. I mean, yeah, you're right. He um he he definitely stowed up. So again, I I just like to see what kind of confidence this defense is going to come out um, with this week after after that performance. Was that their awakening? Like, are we getting ready to get on our typical Panther strong finish? You know, towards the end where we we don't figure this shit out. <laughs> so right. I know I'm, you I'm, you love to be the optimist, and I I, I right. feel you. Like, I want to see this growth, but. I also realized, you know, there's a lot of dysfunction in Detroit, man. It's always been, like I said, a lot of those sacks we had was because of their miscommunications and things like that. We just came out to be, we were just more prepared than they were. So I still see us on that, you know, I still see us trending up. But, you know, we get another shutout or something like that, then you might be talking something to me. <laughs> but other than that, I do see I do see us getting better and better every week. So no, no room for complaints at all. Definitely something we should build off of. And, you know, you, you, you guys play football. You know, you have a dominant defensive performance like that. It gives you confidence going mm, forward. Right. So, Absolutely. You know, it, this is probably a lot of a lot of big chess walking around the locker room. And when, you, when you're a professional, you're not just going to hype off that one performance. You actually try to build off of it. So right. you're absolutely right in the sense. You know, I'm going to be optimistic with you today. See, I do expect us to have another dominant performance. I'm just, I'm just leaving it out there. I'm just letting folks know Detroit is dysfunctional. You know, it was just they played, they played bad too. So it was a combination of both. And I'm, I'm looking at Ross here. Uh, I know I was talking about Kyle Rudolph. That other tight end they got out of uh, Alabama, Er Smith Jr. Uh, I see he only had two catches for 23 yards, but he was someone that, uh, you know, college wise, you know, he did pretty good at Alabama, like. I mean, I mean, having affiliation knowing the Vikings, like, have you heard 
you know, how's he been like this season? Like, um, no, I don't know much about the young boy, to be honest with you. So, gotcha. What I will say is, let's not make him a famous name <laughs> against Carolina. Yeah, so please don't. Don't let this be his get off game. <laughs> yeah, he's a second round pick from the 2019 draft. So, uh, uh slaps then. Yeah, so, um, he, he was hardly thought of. You know, when you think of Alabama, you don't, you're not too quick to think about, uh, uh, tight ends per se. So for him to um yeah, because OJ Howard was a bust. <laughs> yeah, that part. But um, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, if 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 Adam Thielen doesn't play, then that's something that you know I would definitely look out for because you got to get the production from somewhere. Yeah, and you know we going key on we going key on Justin Jefferson. So you know. If you can, if you can contain Rudolph and you contain Jefferson, they're gonna look for another option. So let's just hope it's not him. Right, because um, I put up his season stats. He started off strong, even though they lost to Seattle and Atlanta. He had five catches for sixty-four yards against Seattle, five catches for fifty-five yards against Atlanta, uh, and then after that, it's just sixteen yards against Green Bay, ten against Detroit, twenty-three against the Cowboys. So. You know, like I said, let's 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 not pump life into something that's slowly dying on its own. You know, pump the brakes right. on that. And another another similar trend before the Vikings lost to the Cowboys. I think they won the three or four game win streak too. So they yeah, won they three hot. They, they're going to definitely try to get back. You know, they they coming out to play. And like I said, they feel like they're not out of the playoff picture. So they're going to bring. They're going to give us our best effort. Yeah, cause they won at Green Bay and at Chicago, so they 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 know Punk Beach. They know. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. They will play, folks. Yep, they will play. Well, man, heck, let's uh keep your fingers crossed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, <laughs> make sure you tune in in that game and watch watch them Carolina Panthers get down. We might we'll, it might be something that uh, we'll be like, damn. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> this this is the team right here. <laughs> Let's do this. So young, so you know it's it's a uh, high hopes, man. High hopes. Yeah, and for you folks out there, because it may be, I, I hope that's not in, in the format. But if there's anybody out here that's hoping that you know we don't win, but so much for the draft status, stop that nonsense, please, mm-hmm. please, put please, please, please don't be. Please be that fan that's that's hoping the team doesn't win, but so many games so we can quote have a top ten pick. Like I said, we got Brian Burns with the sixteen pick, DJ Moore with the twenty four pick. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to see this team evolve and grow. And like I said, we're right on time for one of those late end of the season stretches where we're playing good football. So even though it's a new coach, um, new system, I, you know I like to think that same pattern can keep going. And at the end of the day. Casual fans may not realize it, but actually learning how to win football games, that's way more important than draft picks. Say it. Way say it. more important than draft picks. Actually learning how to win. Learning how to win close games. So you want to try to win out. I don't think about draft picks until I'm mathematically out of it. That's just how I look at things. So until they tell us we have no chance at playing in January, I'm looking for our best effort every week. Real talk. Good, good habits, man. Good habits. That's that's the that's the way you should grow. Absolutely. Yeah, winning is definitely contagious. So you messing around trying to lose for draft picks. That's how you become franchises like the historic Browns and, and the Dolphins tanking for players and stuff like that. 
You tank for all that talent, you get that talent. You don't even know how to win. There you go. So what's the point? <laughs> what's, the, what's the fucking point? <laughs> you know, you, you got to fix this before the before the body follows, man. You know, it's, it's, anyway, yeah. Life lessons, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> That's how the four man rush rolls. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Uh, any party shots? Uh, Kay's up on them Vikings this week. I know my dad is listening, and um, he won't owe me a 12-pack after he take this loss. Hey! <laughs> and if, if we lose, I'm going to owe him a 12-pack of Miller High Life. That's his beer, so I don't drink that garbage, but that's, uh, his, that's his thing. He a Miller High Life guy. Enjoy that, Pops. Enjoy that. <laughs> you can give me a 12 of bets. Kev. <laughs> uh, um, as always, I want to thank all the fans and listeners of the Four Man Rush. Um, as always, we we will never take it for granted. We're gonna always shout you out because without you guys, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the joy that we have to do what we do. You know, when them, you know, when we're looking at film, when we're you know doing our thing, when we're sharing on our social media accounts, you know, our thoughts. I mean, you know, we're doing this because we want our fans to feel like you know, we got y'all best interest. So appreciate the the consistent growing support because, you know, we're still growing in numbers last I checked. So, you know, glad that, um you know, even through a rebuild year that the Foreman Rush is uh, uh, definitely pushing forward. So check us out on all of our streams. Definitely our Twitter. We got, we be having Twitter jumping, boy. Twitterverse. <laughs> Twitterverse. Twitter fingers. But yeah, but um but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely just want to just, just, just thank the, everybody that's listened to the four man rush. Just thank you guys. Real talk. Yeah, right on, man. Well oh, oh, and um, this will be out before the big turkey day, so everybody have a happy holiday. Stay safe and um, stay dangerous. <laughs> stay safe, but also stay dangerous. You heard? Whoop. Click clack. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> the life and liberty, man. That's yeah. It's worth defending. Believe it. All right, folks. So yeah, happy Turkey Day. Right on. <laughs> so yeah. um, whether, whether you're listening to this in the morning, afternoon, or evening, or on Thanksgiving Day, uh, we appreciate you guys for uh, listening to the Four Man Rush podcast. Please subscribe. Um, it would help us dearly, um, because, you know, subscribers equals numbers and numbers are good apparently these days. So, <laughs> and, and plus it'll make us feel good. Yeah, it'll, it'll just really make us feel genuinely good to see, you know, subscribers coming up on our stuff, man. All right, Larry, appreciate you, brother. Y'all keep pounding. Uh, yes, sir. And, um, Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Spread the word. Spread the word. Um, and be sure to check us out for the post game um, right around seven o'clock on Sunday. Um, we'll have the live feed up so you guys can chit chat on the stream, and uh, you know, have some uh, statistics for you guys to to mull through um, before we log on and all the good stuff. So, man, you know, just constantly give you guys information so you can check out. What's what's real when it comes to the Carolina Panthers? Not skepticism, not skeptical stuff, not just you know just people just guessing about stuff. Nah, man, we're, we're logical, factual, credible. Remember that. So, all right, folks, peace and blessings to you. 
Don't eat too much turkey, but eat all the stuffing you can. And as always, keep pounding. <laughs> and that's a clear. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. She love it. We are in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.